Welcome back to The Shelf Oddities. My name is Erie. And I'm Serafina. And the oddity I'm feeling like today is something called a cabot, which I learned about while uh, researching for this episode. Uh, So basically a cabot skeleton, which is like a deformed cat that used to happen a lot back in the day that made them look like rabbits. So they were called cabots. (laughs) You know what's weird? I know what a cabot is because of the furry fandom, because there are people who have cabot personas. Well, that's how I'm feeling. Like a, I'm just feeling like a fursona today, clearly. Just really killing it. What about you? Um, I'm feeling like a teeth brush, uh, where the brushes um, of the toothbrush are teeth. No. Yep, that's it. No. <laughs> I I hate that for you. <laughs> I hate that for me, I think. I don't know. <laughs> Everyone involved, oh. really. Yeah, that's not a. That just reminds me of the Jenna Marbles episode where she becomes uh, a toothbrush for Halloween. Yes, all hail Jenna Marbles. God bless her. God bless. What have you been up to? You know, I've been up to a lot. Um, I've been up to a lot of gardening, of course, because we are deep in the spring. And I've been into a reading a lot. I've read a lot of books. Uh, in the last two weeks, I've read like seven different books. I've just been when you're not when you don't feel good and you have like a lot of downtime, reading really uh at least takes you out of the world for a little bit. So that's been really fun. But also, I wanted to tell our oddlings about something that's called a buy nothing group on oh, Facebook. Okay, I've heard of this. Yes, which like don't get me wrong, Facebook is for boomers. We all know this, but also you know. It's, like, the best social media to connect, like, locally. So, like, a lot of towns or cities have buy-nothing groups. And we have one for our town that I'm actually an admin of, which is really fun because you get to see what, like, everyone has. Like, I get get (laughs) a little bit of tea, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the last week, I have gotten so many good finds off of the buy-nothing group. And I figured, like, maybe a lot of people maybe don't know about it. I mean, we have, like, 3,000 people in our group, but it's pretty big in our city. So, yeah, if you're around here, you know, look up your town and, like, buy nothing or, like, trade groups or whatever. Because you will find some, like, really cool stuff. Uh, I actually got, like, 800 square foot of, like, really high-end pavers for, like, outside. Mm. Because, like, some rich people near us were doing a, um, they were, like, changing the color scheme of their backyard paths at the golf course house. Okay. And the people who were doing the job had posted on there and was like, it's, if anyone's closer to this place than the dump, like, we'll come and dump them at your house. And I was like, uh, hell yeah, mom was trying to build a greenhouse. And so we got that, which is really nice. Um, really fun. I also got a hot tub. <laughs> That's random. Yeah, super random. Like a not like a big ass hot tub, but like an inflatable hot tub, which is really nice. Oh yeah, those are in nowadays. Yeah, it's it's dope. And there's been a bunch of other stuff, like some plant stuff and like some shit for the house. But it's just been really nice because oh, I also got my spouse a mini fridge for his office, which has like changed the game. Really, so a like yeah. Yeah, a super variety. You never know what you need. One man's trash, right? Another person's treasure. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, if you don't know about those groups, check it out. Because seriously, like, there are just a bunch of people who are just like trying to clean shit out of their house. It's not even like broken shit or like whatever. They're just like, here you go. 
don't need <laughs> which is awesome yeah it's been uh it's been fun it's fun being the admin of that because like i don't know you gotta like it's not like i get to help people i'm not doing anything wonderful but you like notice when people need something or whatever so then you can like connect people and then like they get what they need it's just really cool it's really fun and also like i love the bartering system and fuck capitalism so i'm just all about it you know yeah that's fair you know bringing it back the the way we were supposed to do things before hell yeah that's what i'm saying dog we got our fake money Mm -hmm. what have you been up to you have a good weekend oh i had a i had a really good weekend um i spent the weekend with my boyfriend down in kentucky which is always fun uh, we went to Whitehall. I talked about Whitehall before in another episode, but we actually did the tour of Whitehall, oh, yeah? which was really cool because it's like this big mansion um, in Kentucky that was owned by uh, Cassius Clay, who is like actually really cool and, you know, lived in Kentucky, but was anti-slavery, which is rare. <laughs> like yeah uh good for him and also one of his daughters was like really big into women's rights and women's suffrage and was like nominated to be like the first women president back in her day so it was just really cool um the house is really neat it got like picked up by the eku college down there and they like updated it and all that stuff because it was like in ruin forever um and it's on like beautiful rolling hills in like a really cool area they do like a halloween thing too like they do halloween high tea and they theme it every year i really want to go this year because this year's that sounds rad edgar Allan poe themed which sounds what? fun yes that sounds hella cool yeah but it was a rad experience i love that stuff i know you do too we just like mm-hmm. museums and learning new things and it was a mm-hmm. it was a cool experience they also have um a bear pelt rug in there his name is gus i love that that's all that matters that's the oddity i feel like today gus the bear rug Mm -hmm. hell yeah that's so cool well i'm glad you got to go because i do remember you talking about it but that's awesome i love when i mean i hate that we let a lot of like cool buildings go to waste and then someone has to come in and save it but i do love when people come in and save it because i just think that old architecture is so cool yes yeah i'm glad they did it it's unfortunate because they don't have a lot of pieces that were original to the house, but the Clay mm. family does, and they've gotten some of it back. And then what's also cool is they have one of the rooms in mourning. So I talked about this in the Victorian morning episode mm-hmm. where uh, they, like, cover all the mirrors and the clocks and stuff when someone dies. They have a room that's like that, which is really that's neat. Cr- yeah. Yep. It's rad. Definitely go. It's like 10 bucks a person or whatever. It's worth it, like 100%, just to go in there and go on the tour and see the architecture. And, like, the tour guide there has been there for, like, 10 years or something crazy, so she's just really knowledgeable. That's awesome. Yeah, it was rad. I love a person who knows what the hell they're doing. And likes it. Like, you can tell that she enjoys it and loved answering questions and stuff, so. Oh, good. Well, I'm so glad that you had a good time. It sounds awesome. Definitely, yeah. If you're in the area, go do that go support cool history for sure yeah we we lack some cool history we have a lot of like devious history around here right? so support what you can exactly today's episode is going to be strange it's gonna be weird it's also gonna be probably like the most personal i've ever been um 
even though I feel like I talk a lot of my shit on this pod, this one will be like probably the closest one where it's like, here's my heart. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> it's an episode I'm going to get through without crying, hopefully, because it's really heavy for me. And every time I talk about it, I, I just end up crying. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, on March 25th of last year, we lost our cat, Bane. He was 10 and he was truly the bestest boy, right? We're talking like, if you didn't like cats, Bane would change your mind, 100%. He was like a giant tuxedo cat with bright green eyes. And uh, this this cat was with me through like a bunch of moves, a bunch of heartbreak. He basically chose my husband, like day one of meeting David, he was all over him. He was a kind soul, but a fierce one. So as you can imagine, losing him was and is very hard. Uh, losing him was like losing a piece of me because he truly was one of the best cats I think I'll ever have the opportunity of knowing in my life. A special baby for sure. Yeah, he was great. Having ADHD, grief is super weird for me. Um, my object permanence is basically nothing. So basically in the same realm, not talking to a friend for three weeks feels the same as someone near me dying. It's just like, oh, you don't exist until you're right in front of me again, which feels awful, right? Um, but that's just kind of how my brain works. Like, it's not a lack of love or a lack of care. It's just like, oh, you're not here. <laughs> See you when you show up again, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and Bane's death was like truly earth shattering. I've never experienced like wanting to bargain for someone back like I did with Bane, which was crazy. Looking at my journal, I was writing about dealing with like understanding I would never see him again and I would never hear him again and I would never look into his eyes again. Like it it was such a weird feeling for me to understand. Um especially because at this point like I, I was 27 or no, I guess I was 26. It was right before my birthday. So like I've gone, I've lost people, you know, I've lost people close to me. Um, but I had never had that, that feeling of like, there's nothing you can do, you know, which is dark. It's, it's just not, you know, not something anybody really ever wants to feel, but unfortunately we all kind of feel it Eventually. at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so I dealt with that, you know, I've been dealing with that. It's been a long thing for me and one of his favorite things was to follow me into the garden sparingly because he was not an outside cat I don't really stand for outside cats but I did let him out with me for like 20 minutes at a time just to stretch his little toe beans you know um he wasn't gonna leave my side he he never would have left my side so that's why he was allowed to go outside but yeah, don't don't have outside cats, y'all. They're really bad on the environment. So for the environment, and it's not so bad safe for the cat. I don't care. And this, I'm, I'm on for, my, yeah, I'm on my fucking soapbox right now because this is a hot take and people fucking hate it. It's not I know. safe. It, I don't give a fuck how much your cat wants to be outside. The chances of them getting hit by a car are really fucking yeah. high, and you don't want to deal with that. Like I don't give a fuck. Make your cat stay inside. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Even if you're like, oh, my cat won't run into the road, like, okay, that's fine if you think that. But, like, that cat could also, like, kill, like, a million birds in, like, 20 minutes. It's, yes. like, crazy. Also, people are fucking cruel. People are so yes. cruel. Yes. And your cat could get poisoned. Your cat could get shot. Your cat could get yeah. ran over on purpose. People do that shit. Like, bring yeah. your cats inside. PSA. Yep. 
PSA. And if you are going to let them outside, like on a leash, dog. Like, or a that's, catio. Uh, Build your cat yes. a fucking catio. Yes. Um. So, yeah, he was only allowed to go to the garden with me. And that was like just a few steps from the back door. And he was old. <laughs> he was not going. <laughs> he was not going anywhere. And he only ever wanted to go outside um, because he would lay in this raised bed that was at the end of my garden because there was catnip in that bed. Right. <laughs> only reason he was trying to go out there. And then when he was done getting stoned out of his mind, he would go to the other side of my garden and lay in a spot to lazily watch over the chickens. Right. So like old old man trying to get a little stoned and like do a little bird watching. And um, this winter, we had a terrible week of negatives on the thermometer. Negative 10 Fahrenheit, negative 23 Celsius for two days. And it killed a lot of perennials that typically would have no problem coming back in the spring. Heartbreakingly, it also killed the catnip. So every day I've been out in the garden, I've been thinking about how I need to get more catnip to put in that corner again. Because when I looked at it, of course, it invoked a happy heart for me um, and good memories. But I do have a crazy amount of herbs in my garden all over the place. Witchcraft and herbalism calls for it. And luckily, not everything was killed. I had lemon balm in the same spot that he used to lay and watch the chickens. And that came back with like a crazy vigor. Enough that I've been giving it to the chickens every day and it's still not slowing its growth. <laughs> I actually snipped some of it off the other day. And um, when I went inside, my other cat, Floki, he went crazy over my hand. Like I've never seen him like go wild like that. And it was so much so that we were taken aback. Like homie was going ham. And uh, that's when I started to Google and like be like, do cats like lemon bomb this much? Like what's the deal? And like all this stuff. And I actually realized um, it's not lemon balm. It's catnip. <laughs> I believe um, some seeds got stuck to Bane's fur. And when he would lay over there to watch the chickens, he actually planted that catnip. Oh. Which I I don't even know how to explain how that makes me feel. Like a year and a half later and Bane is still gardening right alongside me. Like, is that not just amazing? It's the best. Like, it's I, it's so crazy to think like every day this year. I've been thinking, like, I need to get more catnip. I need to get more catnip. And all alongside me, this catnip has been growing like wildfire. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I'm here, dog. <laughs> I got you. Like, I'm just so grateful that plants want to grow so badly. Um, and that even an unintentional cat can make a difference. You know, like, people say, like, they have black thumbs. It's like, well, Bane didn't even have thumbs, dog. And, like, <laughs> that catnip is doing, it's going bonkers mode. I think that's truly one of the coolest gardening stories I have. I mean, I have like a lot of great ones, but the fact that my deceased cat planted this herb that I only associate, you know, with him and his love for my garden is, you know, amazing. But the story gets weirder and stranger and odder, if you will. And uh, this is where I need you to send your belief. And trust me when I say Bane is still here. Today's topic is about cats and their ability to walk through both realms, which I believe Bane is currently doing. So let's go way back, and then I'll explain what happened. So this story starts, like most of my stories, in ancient Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of our stories, really. I mean, listen, it's really, uh, it's, they really had the haps happening, you know? Mm-hmm. 
So in ancient Egypt, cats are not only well-respected beasts, but also the right hands of deities themselves. Legend has it that Adam-Ra was the sun god who took the form of a cat to visit the underworld and also brought forward eight other gods, therefore giving us this theory that there's nine lives of a cat. Did you know that's where that came from? No, I had no clue. I didn't either. Isn't that wild? One of these gods being the goddess Bastet. Bastet is a cat goddess. She was depicted with the head of a cat and the body of a woman who was or wasn't married to Anubis, uh, depending on which historian you ask. Back in ancient Egypt, if you killed a cat, you were also getting a death sentence. There was a theory that Egyptians were the first to domesticate cats, but Mesopotamia was about 100,000 years before using cats for pest controls on their farms. So maybe Egypt was the first to like worship them and bring them into their home. Uh, but they also used to mummify cats and entomb them with their owners, which I think is very interesting. But even in ancient Egypt, cats were seen as the only forms that could visit the underworld. So, I mean, this has been something that that seed was planted so long ago, and it was a huge part of their culture was to respect cats as their highest form which I think is rad, but also, like, the idea that, like, if you hurt a cat, you were dying. <laughs> I fuck with that. I really do. Oh, yeah. Also, they say that that's why the cats... <laughs> cats are not domesticated. They domesticate their people because... Yes, exactly. They were worshipped, yeah. Yeah, they didn't... Uh, it wasn't like dogs, you know? No. Nope. <laughs> it's a little different. So let's move to the Celtic lore. The Celts believed that cats were the only creatures that could walk between the realm of living and dead, standing as warriors at the gates of realms. In Celtic folklore, there is a magical set of cats. In Scotland, they are known as the uh, the Cotsit. In Ireland, they are also called the Cotsit, but it's spelled a little different. Uh, the or Catesit. There's they're like this. They're spelled almost the same. One has a D. One has a T. Um, the Catesit is a mythical fairy creature in Scottish and Irish folklore. Whether Gaelic or Scottish Gaelic, they are both pronounced as like Cotsit. Cotsit. Mm. Like it's kind of, if you don't have the accent, you're never going to get it right. You know what I mean? Um, but these creatures are not your ordinary felines. They are as thought as fairies, even witches, and as spirit creatures that merely take the form of a cat. Those that have seen them describe them as being an unusually large, all-black cat with a spot of white fur on their chest. Genuinely viewed as fearsome and were used as a symbol by warriors. Like, it was like they had these mythical cats imprinted on armor and shields, which I think is just rad. Because, it's like, imagine, like, other people have, like, dragons and, like, <laughs> sharks and, like, all these, like, yeah. scary shit. And they're like... It's the cats, baby. We got you. And then they'd win, and it was crazy. Many actually believed that they could steal the souls of the recently deceased by walking past their body before it was properly buried. Oh, we talked about that in the... Yeah. Which episode? The vampire episode, something like that. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah, and it's in, it's in almost every culture, which we'll get to in a second. But um, So families staged what's called a feel flahadach. Which, once again, I cannot pronounce. You tried but that your best. is what Google told me it was. 
um, or what's called a late wake to keep them away. This involved loud music, games, and general rabble-rousing, as well as a strategic sprinkling of catnip to misdirect any lurking catsy. The catsy would uh, also somehow could predict the future, forecast the weather, bring good fortune, usually in exchange for a saucer of milk, which we all know now. <laughs> don't be giving cats milk. It's yeah. not good for their tongue. Yeah, they don't like dairy, actually. Yeah. Well, they do. It was, they just should They love it, but they should. <laughs> it's like every lactose intolerant person you've ever met. Oh my god, literally facts. This is a like side story, but my boyfriend is lactose intolerant, fun fact. But that does not stop that man from ordering a pizza with like extra, extra, extra cheese and suffering. Dude, doctor. I just I saw him like eating queso. Yes, dude, <laughs> I'm telling you. He he does and like his favorite thing ever None is of them care. No. No. Yeah, none of them care. They'll be like, yeah, this milkshake will make me shit for five hours, but I am drinking it. Yeah. I mean, it's like, go off, go off, King. You gotta do what you gotta do. Them. I feel that way about cheese as well. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it was said that if you stared into their eyes, it could see into your soul and discover your heart's desire, and you may be rewarded with a glimpse of the fairy world, which I don't know if I fuck with, but go off. According to the folklore, a witch could turn herself into a cat. And back nine times, after which she would remain a cat forever, which oh. might be the reason we talk about cats having nine lives as well. Interesting. So cats have, like, always had this, like, nine lives thing in, like, multiple different cultures. It's actually, I'll talk about them a little bit later, but in Japan, they go through, like, things to deter cats from funerals and stuff. Oh, Okay. Which is really interesting. Um, and I actually read a really good article. It was on HistoryDaily.org um, about the the Katsis and the Katsids or however the fuck we want to pronounce them. So I would definitely say check that out if you want like a lot more information on it. I'll put a link in the show notes. So next is Norse mythology, which I think is the one I'm most common with. Uh, Freya had a pair of cats that would help her pull her chariot. Although neither of them had a name, they became the constant companions of Freya wherever she went. The cats were actually a gift from Thor, and she used them to travel to the funeral of Baldur, her estranged son. Which, if you have played the first God of War, like, you know what that's all about. Uh, which is kind of crazy that, I like, that's how I know that story so I well, is because they... We talked about the Baldur thing in, what episode was that? Uh, I covered mistletoe, or you covered mistletoe. It was Yule. Oh, Yule, yeah, Yule. that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, you right. I was like, we talked about this somewhere. Mm-hmm. Balder really had a lock on culture, even though we don't talk about him that often. Yeah. So the cat was Freya's sacred animal, and she would reportedly bless those who were kind to them. Often, if a wedding conceded with fine weather, the bread... The bread... <laughs> <laughs> The bride was said to have fed the cat well, which is interesting. Like, what an interesting thing. Be like, oh, it's not raining today. You must have fed the cat well. Like, I love that. <laughs> um, elsewhere, actually, the wolf Fenrir is restrained by a chain called Gleipnir, I believe, which was uh, made from six magical ingredients, including the sound of a cat walking. <laughs> Okay, but cats barely make noises when they walk. Right, so it's like, it's badass as hell. Like, the little pitter-patters was keeping Clifford in line. That's funny. Clifford. Clifford. I'm sorry, he's a big-ass dog. What do you want? 
Um, which also I saw a meme that was like breaking news: fifteen dead and twenty-seven injured after Clifford gets the zoomies. Oh no! <laughs> I mean, if he's living in New York, like the new movie says, yeah, he's fucking taking yeah, people no, out left and right. It's a, a second Clifford has it. No, sorry. Oh my god! <laughs> so what's interesting actually is how cats spread around the globe. Because they actually started as a small family of wildcats in Mesopotamia in the Fertile Crescent. They were actually like a small uh, family of wildcats that were on like a riverbank next to like a farmer's plot of land. And he like basically begged them to help (laughs) kill like the mice that were like fucking his shit up. And like, at least that's what we think. Right. Who knows? It could be a completely different story, but that's what history tells us. Right. Um, But they actually did a DNA study of hundreds of cats on various archaeological dig sites. The DNA evidence points to two separate migrations happening from the east. The first migration from the Middle East occurred around 8000 years ago, and that reached a fair way into Europe and across into Africa. And then the second migration started from Egypt. Boats playing the biggest role in this cat takeover, you know, this like new technology of boats. This started around 17,000 BCE, but really accelerated from the 5th to the 13th century. This is the migration that gave the Vikings their sweet baby cats, which is so funny to think about. Yeah. Our current knowledge lacks exactly when cats reached Scandinavia. There's a small amount of evidence that they were in that area during the Iron Age, around 200 BCE, but it's not really until the Viking Age begins that that evidence becomes much, much stronger. The evidence shows us that though cats were found in farming communities in the Middle East, when these felines were found in Scandinavian dig sites, They first start appearing in cities and neighborhoods, like more urban areas. Historians suggest that that proves cats were either brought by visitors from overseas, or more likely they were brought back by Vikings returning from their conquests. Which is so cute, but also, like, don't you think, like, the cats were scared? (laughs) I'm sure they were, but cats are also badass, and, like, they kind of figure it out. They probably knew what they were doing, but the idea of, like... They probably, like, followed a rat on a boat, and then the boat took off. Or, like, maybe not. Maybe they specifically, like, bonded with said Viking, and the Viking was like, oh, that's a boy, you know? I'm going to go with option two. I can't, I don't like thinking of cats being sad. My cat's being sad about going to the vet. It gives me actual anxiety. But imagine the vet's the Atlantic Ocean. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, but also... They're pretty sturdy, and, like, I know they don't like water, but on a boat, I can see them, like, getting their balance pretty well, so maybe, like, they were probably great pest control. Oh, yeah. Like, so I'm sure it was probably, like, a happy thing for everyone involved. Have you seen The Northman? No. So it just got put on, I think, HBO, and we watched it. It's the one with Alexander Skarsgård in it. And, like, it's actually, like, it's okay. It's Alexander Skarsgård and Anna Taylor-Joy, and I love her. And they, it's kind of fun. I don't know. I feel like anytime like the West tries to make like a pagan story, it's always kind of odd. Yeah. Um, but it was it was actually pretty good. But the idea, like Alexander Skarsgård, is fucking jacked. He's that man is yoked in this movie, and the idea of like him being like, oh, it's a kitty, like, is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's actually if you're looking for a good uh, little like Norse moment movie, it's actually it's pretty good. 
There are 46 entries on Wikipedia for cats in mythology in almost every culture, all surrounding cats and their mysterious feline ways. Um, an honorable mention I did not know about until I was researching for this is something called Chakla, which is a Thai ghost appearing like a cat. And they were believed to be used by sorcerers for attacking their enemies. So, like, they, like, it would just be, like, spirit cat attack. Oh. And, like, they were, like, dangerous. Like, there was, like, there's, like, it's a huge thing in lore. But as I was talking about earlier, the Japanese also have a bunch of cat myths, which I think are really cool. The one that caught my attention is called Nikomata which is basically a mountainous dwelling monstrous beast with cat eyes that likes to abduct and eat people. Oh, yeah, I love it. Just a little, you know, just a little a little snackaroni for the mountain beasts. <laughs> and from what I could tell in my research, it seems like there's an old Japanese like folklore or like old wives tales about cats that age above the age of 7 will turn on their cruel owners and get revenge. There's, like, multiple different, like, folklores with names of, like, cats getting old enough to, like, get revenge on on cruel owners, which I just think is interesting, but also, like, it made people stay away from cats in Japan, from what I can tell, and, like... Mm. It's hard when, you know, these are, like, really old stories and translations aren't that great. I mean, even some, like, Norse stuff, I was like, I don't know, uh, you know, about all of this. But there's, like, five or six different names of, like, different types of cat spirits that, like, get revenge among cruel owners, which I still think is, like, probably needed. Yeah. Um, But there is a creature called Kasha. It's basically a cat. That scene taking the damn to hell on a cart. Oh, okay. Like, it, it's kind of like the same idea of, like, uh, the Irish doing rabble-rousing to keep cats away from funerals. Mm, yeah. It's basically what they did to keep Kasha away, which is weird to think, like, a, a cat just, like, taking your loved one who was kind of an asshole. It's like, oh, no, Uncle Jim's... Kasha took Uncle Jim on a cart to hell. Yeah. But... If you go to Wikipedia, you can look at all these different ones. I mean, it's it's the same thing over and over again. Like, cats are so powerful in so many different cultures, which is, once again, before these cultures are even talking to each other, which is something we run into the podcast a lot, which to me almost strengthens the theory, like, that cats are doing something that we don't know, you know? It seems universally... Cats symbolized mystery and something unpredictable. Cats could see things we couldn't see. Cats do things we don't know about. You can't predict a cat. I mean, that's fucking true. Right? So, throughout time, we see cats being this gateway. From the shores of Ireland to the shores of Japan, they're both these warriors, you know, these realm beings that are taking revenge or that are taking the damned or are protecting loved ones, you know, from stuff. And it's really cool. Um, So as we can tell, there's a vast history between cats and the underworld, right? Modern day, you will find cats in the media, mostly as familiars of witches. 
Or maybe the crooks to witches in films like Hocus Pocus. Zachary Binks is an icon, 1,000%. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about familiars in the most modern sense, because familiars used to have a much darker connotation because they're not they're not just pets, right? Familiars are household animals, cats, snakes, dogs, spiders. But like I said, they're not pets. They're trusted guardians and companions in a spiritual sense. They are sent to the witch from the universe to assist them in magic. Bree from the Hood Witch, she's quoted in saying, Every animal has its spiritual significance in the magical world, but if we're being real, many witches have cat familiars by their sides because the tropes are true. The reasons that most witches have cat familiars are simple. According to Bree, cats have been long admired and revered as sacred from the days of the great goddess Bastet. They remember this information and their energy and presence offered is indicative of this. So even in the most modern times, we see cats as knowing things that we don't know, right? As being able to see and look and observe and seeing things we don't know. But also, I think we have a very different relationship with cats now than we used to, as in they used to have a job, right, on a farm, or they used to be keeping the neighborhood clean of pests, or they used to be friends of Vikings, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> but we have powered water fountains for them now, and we treat them like <laughs> the kings and queens that they are. And they have this air about them that's hard to bottle, if that makes sense. Yeah, I would agree with that. They're curious, mischievous. But also, I think there's there's been a lot of talk about how cats are the perfect representation of like consent. Yes. In the sense of how you can relate and respect a relationship. And cats are the only animal that has that commanding presence. We're doing things on their terms. They're not doing things on ours. Oh, yeah, I would agree. I've seen like memes and stuff online. That's like it's a red flag if someone doesn't like cats. It absolutely is a red flag. Mm -hmm. Someone doesn't like cats because my cats, I don't make them do anything. I mean, like, no. I will force my love upon them sometimes uh, because I have one cat who absolutely loves love and one cat who could not give a fuck less about what you want about cuddles or any of that. He's cuddling on his own terms. But, like, <laughs> everything I do is for them. Like, mm-hmm. I have a job so that they have a house. Like, like that is uh, <laughs> that is how this is. They have filtered water they drink better water than i do i literally was explaining to my boyfriend that i pre-order their food in case someone stops making their food because calcifer my youngest has a sensitive belly and if they stop (laughs) making his food his fur falls out so i have to pre-buy his food (laughs) like like this is this is the life that cats live now it's like and i'm sure it's different too with all of us millennials not having kids because these are Mm -hmm. my kids yep but Damn straight. I fucking, I live for those two guys. I do. Well, and I think that, I think in theory that there's something that they bring to the energy of a space. I've always believed that. Yeah. That like warrants us loving them the way we do and taking care of them the way they do. Because also, and like, that's the thing that I think is interesting about all of these cultures that didn't even have the space to communicate with each other all having the same idea which is like if you don't treat cats well they will get their revenge yep 
They will. I mean, hell, if I am a little too late feeding Floki, homeboy knocks everything I have off of my mantle. Yes, fucking bonsai in the morning before my alarm goes off will start knocking shit off my desk to try to get me yep. up to get him. He has an automatic feeder. It goes <laughs> off at the same time every day. He's never been fed at 5 a.m., but damn straight, he's fucking <laughs> making demands. But we love them all the same because, like I said, like, yeah, there's just, there's something that is. I don't know from the get go. I don't know if that's because we're daughters of Freya or what the fuck. But I, from the get go, from my, like, I started life with cats. You know, I've always had a cat. I've never same. been in a space and not had a cat. Yep. Same. As soon as I had my own house, I had cats. Yep. I had, please, Bane moved with me from fucking couch to couch at one point. Like, which sucked, and I hated that. But, I mean, he was a trooper, and he loved all my friends, so it was kind of easy. But, yeah, it's it's hard for me to imagine a world without cats or having a cat near me. But also, cats are so different. I've never met a cat that was like any other cat. No, they always have a ton They're of all... personality. Yes. And that's where the relationship with Bane is very interesting, because Bane... I don't Bane was a warrior from the get-go and also very much I don't even know how would you explain his energy elegant <laughs> yeah very um poised yeah yeah I would agree with yeah that. very interesting um there's way more information on familiars that I actually do want to do a whole episode about it this episode is about cats, so we're going to stay on that. But, like, when we were in Salem, we learned a lot of interesting things about, like, what familiars meant back in the day. And they were, like, yeah. super different um, than, like, what the what we see now. And I would love to do a lot more research on it because I was kind of raised with, like, cats are typically the only familiars. But, you know, speaking with a lot of other witches, like, there's, a, I mean, there's everything. I mean, it, it's out there because it's more so a bond than it is a qualifier yeah so i uh, yeah i think in the future we'll definitely do an episode on familiars um because i think that it's interesting to talk about so now it's time for me to get vulnerable uh even though you're like sarah you're already vulnerable you talked about grief i i agree but i'm putting a lot of faith in you oddlings to not turn me into the church <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there's some there's just been some weird developments and I didn't think I was ever going to share this, but it's really been on my mind. And I think it's very interesting. And you can think I'm crazy. That's fine. But it is what it is. So this story actually does start years ago, truly. Ancient e Egypt. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but if you have listened to our Ghost Stories podcast, you know that there's stuff going on in this neighborhood that I can't talk about. Um, I can't talk about it because every time I do talk about it, shit goes sideways fast. Uh, my mic will go up in flames or some shit, and we don't want to do that. But what I can tell you is that it is dark-sided. And it's been seen, photographed even, by neighbors, not even by me. And it got bad there for a while. Like, really bad. So about eight months ago, I started working really hard on my protections around this house and land. I called for protection. I called for help because we weren't safe. I also got really close with another neighbor who has become a good friend of mine. And we would hang out at night. 
And I'd be walking home by myself at like 2 a.m. quite regularly. And that's scary for any woman because of men, right? Uh, but there's like a whole other level of dark forces I had to be protected from. Um, we even went so far as to cut our fencing and put in a gate so that way I would never leave one of our backyards. So at night, this weird thing would happen and has been happening for a long time now. And I would feel this energy on our rooftops. We have a single long roof on our house and then a long roof on our garage. On the corners of these roofs, I felt this new energy and it was like terrifying at first. Like it scared the shit out of me. I couldn't look in that direction. I felt it. I knew it was there. The best way I can explain it is it just felt like a long gangly gargoyle that wouldn't stop looking at me, which is not fun. Great. <laughs> it, just, it wasn't great. And I'd feel it watching me on my walks, right? And in the middle of a snowstorm, I was walking home and I felt this energy and I decided to like look at it hard and I saw its eyes. And his eyes looked very familiar. I had seen them before, but I couldn't place it. And I know that I sound crazy, but like, y'all, I feel shit constantly. Like, I know I can tell you where things are in a room and they're there. Like, it just is um, this this thing that happens to me. So so during that night, I I just felt like crazy. Right. And it was like the the conditions outside were terrible. It was during that like negative 10 weekend right mm -hmm. and the house across my street Erie can attest it's not great it's no, not wonderful house it's horrifying energy. whenever I'm over there and I have to go to my car which is usually parked in front of that house I ask Serafina to watch me because I'm concerned <laughs> yeah and I had to walk in front of it and um and and by not looking at that house I was forced to look at my own Right. And forced to look in this this area where I found this energy that I've been ignoring for years. And I saw its eyes. I don't know what to tell you, but I saw them. Right. And it just felt I just have seen I'd seen the eyes, but I couldn't place the face and I couldn't place anything like I, I couldn't place it. And at that moment, I decided to make friends with it because the energy coming from the house across the street was so devious in that moment. And it was watching that house that I was like, y'all, if you just make sure nothing comes behind me, dog, like, I will respect you, right? Like, I, we're good. <laughs> and when I would do my full moon protection, I would thank it for watching over me and for not coming down off the roof. <laughs> um, I was respectful of this energy because it never hurt me. It might have scared me, but even though, honestly, it did scare me. It never came off the roof, and that was the only part that I was actually scared of. Was like, you just stay up there, dog, and like we're good, you yeah. know, like we're cool. So let's bring that back to today, right? That's just been happening for like six to eight months now, um, of like this energy, and I've been like respecting it since I think that weekend was in like January. So you know, we're going like five months now almost of like me being like kosher with this energy. So. Once I realized that that catnip was in the space that Bane used to lounge in, um, I put his memorial stone in front of that plant. The memorial stone had been like sitting on my front porch for a really long time because I didn't know the best place to put it, right? And once I realized that catnip was there and like Bane was still in the garden, I was like, this is the time, this is the place, right? So I'm a mess. 
I, I did not share that at first. Like, I'm a mess. I'm, like, crying because, like, this is my boy and I miss him so much. And, like, to know, like, just to feel close to him for a second, which is really intense. And so I'm I'm standing there and I'm I'm just talking to him. Right. I'm just thanking him for still being in the garden with me and for his love and protection throughout the years and just just being so grateful and just crying, (laughs) just weeping. And I felt that energy approach me on the corner of the garage roof. And I was like, oh, God, okay." And I look up and I realize. It's Bane. The eyes are his. I said that they were familiar. I didn't realize them on the new form, but it's him. I called for protection and he showed up. He's in a form I've never seen. Like I said, long, gangly gargoyle. But his whole life I called him my gargoyle. He would just sit and watch on the edges of the fridge, on the edge of the mantle, on the back of couches. He was always just watching and observing. And now he sits and watches over our land. And we haven't had anything happen in so long. Like we went from fighting for our fucking lives in October to like a peaceful space now that I'm not afraid to be in. Like at like three in the morning in the dark, like it feels so calm. What's also wild is uh, something I want to bring up is that when I started this protection journey and when we had talked with our neighbors and seen the photographs and realized what the fuck we were dealing with, Erie came over and was on my back deck. When I was telling her about all this horrifying stuff that was happening and I felt that dark presence that's been around starting to creep up in the back part of the property, I heard a hiss. And at the time, I was scared out of my fucking mind because I thought it was this dark energy that was like coming at us. But I'm now realizing like that was Bane warning me and warning this creature. Oh, well, that's good because I did not feel anything <laughs> like afterwards. You yeah. were like, it was scary. And I was like, it didn't feel scary. It felt fine. So that makes me yeah. feel a little bit better. Maybe I'm less oblivious than I think I am. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I was I, I went through about a week there where I was like just scared the fuck out of everything after seeing the photos. But I think that Bane was warning me like in the idea of like, hey, dog, this thing's coming at you because you're talking about it again. You need to go inside. <laughs> hey, mom, you got to go inside now. And um, so, yeah. So that's what's been going on the last week of my life. Um, And I know it sounds crazy. I really do. But like other people have seen him. (laughs) Other people have felt him. Um, It's been really weird. It's been really odd to have gone through all of this. But to have also known that like cats really are something fucking else. They're the best, honestly, though. (laughs) They're something else, but they're also the best. Yeah, they're also the best. I mean, to be such a fucking homie. You know, yeah, to be around and to make sure that I'm okay and to like make sure because it's weird because it's like now that I know this, I like go back and think about all the things like I would always see this energy or feel this energy sitting in the corner above the front door where his fucking stone was. Like, yeah. And then I moved the stone and then there he was. And I was like, oh, my God, this whole I never put it together. And it was right fucking there. It's just fucking, and it's like, I know that, like, sometimes we talk about witchcraft, and sometimes we don't, and those are also our highest rated 
episode, so maybe we should talk about it more. But just the fact of like hindsight's twenty twenty in so many ways, but also maybe you know, hopefully, if you're someone who's into this stuff, and if you're someone who believes in this stuff, I don't know, maybe this gives you some clarity and maybe stuff that other people can be going through because it's like if someone would have even mentioned it or if I maybe if I would have talked about it more or whatever like I probably could have figured this out a long time ago you know yeah but you know my spouse has a theory that was like until I figured out the catnip thing I don't think that he could have really like revealed himself I don't think like I needed talked about it to me so I don't know that I would have well, it's hard when you feel like you're crazy, you know, when you're like, uh, well, there's this energy that watches me at three in the morning. <laughs> it's like, okay, are you good? I get it, though, especially, especially something and, like that. My cats are always involved yeah. in my witchcraft stuff, too. Uh, yeah. Whenever I'm doing anything, they're usually sitting around my altar. I always think that that's Freya a little bit. Yeah. Because they're usually not interested. But if I'm ever doing anything, they're going to be there, so... I think this whole episode is just for me to say, like, I think cats give way more of a fuck than we give them credit for. Yeah, I think people really under it. I was actually thinking about that when I got home today because I had been gone for a couple days. My cats are always really happy when I get home. And people always say, like, well, I don't like cats because they are not happy when you get home. That's true, dog. Like, Dude, I I walked through the front door and Floki's screaming. (laughs) Yeah, both of my cats were there. They were very excited. And right now, Bonsai... He's looking at me because I said his name, and he's like, what? Why the fuck are you talking about me, what? woman? Hello? Um, what do you I, want? I had taken my hoodie off and laid it on the bed, and he's currently laying in it. And he always yeah. lays on stuff that, like, I've been wearing. That's his yeah. preference because it smells like me. And he might be a little shit and like to pretend that he does not love me, but I know. I see him. <laughs> <laughs> I know your love is there. Yeah. Yeah. So what's also weird is that I also feel like, you know... Maybe in theory, this is like one of the last times I'll talk about Bane in like a public setting, which is also kind of weird for it to be this. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I just think that at the end of the day, the universe is something that we will never figure out, right? We just, it's not going to happen. And the idea that we know all the answers is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And... I think that, you know, if you need some protection, I think Freya's got the juice. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I think she's got the juice. And um, not that I'm here to convert anybody or, you know, do anything. But I'm just saying a little bit of full moon magic and a little bit of Freya power. And uh, you might get yourself a gargoyle. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, I'll give you my tips. Keep rosemary by your garden gate. Plant lavender for luck. Fall in love whenever you can. And have your warrior cat spirit close to protect your land from demons. And stay out, Arcadia. 